feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Boy, does it show a double standard. And we finally got a glimpse of the affidavit that led to the justification of the raid on Mar-a-Lago, the unprecedented raid of a former president. And tonight we're going to talk a lot about that and also hear your thoughts here on The Rita Cosby Show. Because when I look at what we're seeing, and again, a lot of it's redacted, but I'll actually tell you, and I said this last night on the show, that I actually thought they would put a little more meat on the bone, which indeed they did. It wasn't like totally blacked out like we saw in the Mueller report and some of the other cases that we've seen and some of the other affidavits in the past. We actually got a little bit more detail, and you can almost kind of tell what they were redacting some of the places. I read through the whole thing. It's like a little mini novel. I'm holding it up here. It weighs uh, maybe a half a pound or whatever. It's a lengthy read, but... A little bit of light reading on a uh, Friday afternoon. But when you go through it, there's a lot of stuff in there that makes me go, boy, sadly, has the FBI become political, or at least these agents have become political. Because they really took a wide swath when they went into Mar-a-Lago. And the DOJ took a lot of liberty when it executed and decided to get that judge to sign off on the search warrant that led to what looks like a sweeping raid. And it looks like, according to them in the documents, that it looks like it's all over National Archives documents. This, to me, is nuts. This is like a civil case. This is like we want these documents returned. And if you look at some of the stuff in there, he doesn't look like a very good uh, secret keeper in the sense that it looks like they put, like, some of the top-secret documents were shoved in with newspaper articles and photos and thrown in one big old box, which might have been by him or by the General Services Administration that was packing up his office. It looks like a president who was leaving in haste. It doesn't look like someone who's like, oh, gosh, i got to put these super-secret documents in a place where I can get them if I need them for some sort of particular need. I mean, there are so many questions here, and you kind of go – This doesn't look like a super sleuth who's planning on using those documents. He'd have to find them in a box with, like, magazine stories. There's a letter from Rocket Man, Kim Jong-un, in there. So it's like this doesn't really make the case of why you had to suddenly go in and do this emergency raid. I, I After looking at it, I am more convinced than ever that they're trying to look for documents tied to January 6th or something else, and this was just a good old justification of, like, saying, okay, well, you were jaywalking, so we're going to give you a ticket, basically, or investigate you for jaywalking, and maybe we can find along the way that you robbed a bank or you committed murder or you tripped somebody while you were jaywalking. That's what it sounds like to me. That's where this goes. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight because you've probably heard a lot about it, seen some of it. It's out there. You probably have read it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, needless to say, many people that are on the liberal media and elsewhere say, oh, gosh, this is a slam dunk. 
And I think it is far from a slam dunk. If anything, I think the DOJ's in trouble now after seeing this document. But this is what former acting Solicitor General Neil Katyak had to say about the document and what it reveals about the former president. Take a listen. You know, when you're reading an affidavit, you're also looking for kind of characteristics of kind of the personalities. What do they think? And this document, even just the parts we have, just reveals that the FBI, the Justice Department, think that Donald Trump is a is a liar. So if you look at paragraph 25, for example, they talk about how the archivist on February 18th of this year said to Trump, hey, we found some classified documents here. And, you know, in identified concerns and the like. That's a formal letter that was sent by the archivist. Later that day, Trump's account tweets out saying they, quote, did not find anything. They were given upon request presidential records in an ordinary and routine process as part of the preservation of my legacy. Uh, you know, those two things are fundamentally inconsistent with one another. And I think what, what the, the affidavit is trying to do is to say, Don't trust this guy. You can't believe him. Yeah, and I believe that is what they're trying to do. The question is, is it all politics? And that's why they're trying to do it. Remember, these are the same FBI guys who were involved in the Russia hoax. So they sadly have a history. I've said to you guys on the air before that I love the FBI in terms of I have friends who are in the agency. I don't smear the whole agency. But if you look at what happened here, certainly politics are at play. There's no way around it. And to me, it is a big old glaring message of double standards, too, because I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. I'm remembering Jim Comey going through the list of what happened with Hillary Clinton and everything. Oh, she did this. She kept it on a server. She put it in her basement. It was in Chappaqua. I don't remember the raid of Chappaqua. I don't remember, like, any of the raids. Remember when Bill Clinton lost the nuclear football? I mean, it's like the double standards are glaring. And this is Mike Davis, who was a former clerk to Neil Gorsuch, of course, Supreme Court Justice. And he sees the affidavit in a whole different light than what you just heard from that former acting solicitor general and says, boy, there are glaring, glaring double standards here if your name is Trump or if your name is Clinton. What is left, they're looking at obstruction. Well, it is legally impossible for a former president to obstruct investigations into non-crimes. But the Justice Department did not have the power to even look at these crimes because it doesn't matter what the evidence shows in this affidavit, David. No matter what that evidence shows, as a matter of law, it is legally impossible for President Trump to have committed espionage, uh, espionage or to have violated some Presidential Records Act. The Presidential Records Act actually contemplates that former presidents have classified records. It doesn't differentiate. Congress gives former presidents office space, secure office space. They give the former president's staff security clearance and secret service protection to guard these paper records. And there's no allegation that any of these records got into the wrong hands, unlike Hillary Clinton's home server, where she had foreign governments hack the most highly classified secrets in our government, and she didn't get an FBI raid. So what was so urgent that that caused the Biden Justice Department to go get these records? Yeah, what was so urgent? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. And it continues to show that it's National Archives. National Archives is usually a back and forth, back and forth, sometimes for a few years after somebody leaves office. And again, it doesn't sound like 
he was really holding something in like a tight level spot that he's going to use to give to somebody. I mean, they made it sound like he's about to give the nuclear codes to somebody. And it sure doesn't look like that to me. What does it look like to you, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Richie on line one. Richie, your thoughts about it. I think we should seize the semantics on this. For instance, the FBI concluded the January 6th thing was a riot. Does anybody call it a riot? No, it's called the insurrection. Likewise, this search warrant thing is now called the raid. Not a search warrant anymore. Everybody everybody calls it the raid. Likewise, this... Uh, Whatever happened today with this this document, don't call it what it is. Call it the cover-up. Ah, so now why would you call it the cover-up? Tell, Explain why. Seizing the semantics. Look at Watergate. It became the cover-up. Yeah, but let me, let me, what I'm trying to get to, Richie, is you heard just two very different opinions, and it almost depends on, like, which media you're listening to. So where do you stand on the affidavit, and where do you stand on the raid or warrant, whatever you want to call it? Tonight on the, I was watching, uh, who'd you call it, the, the 630 News Channel 7, ABC, and it was very detailed. They were going, we had so many classified, so many confidential, blah, blah, blah. They're laying out, they're dicing the whole thing up like you'd dice up a cucumber to put it into a salad. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Nobody knows what they they classify everything for the dumbest reasons. Nobody's saying what you're never going to see what is in any of these documents or why he took them. It's like you got to we just you just got to start calling it. Quint, what is it? uh, Trump calls it what? He calls it the witch hunt. He called it the The witch witch hunt. hunt. Yep. Well, we should turn the witch hunt into the cover up. I now I hear where you're going, Rich. Now I hear absolutely where you're going, and I think and I think it's really interesting. Uh, and great point, Rich. You're right because there's a lot that somebody's covering up, and I'm not sure if it's the president. It may be somebody else. Let's go to Robert in Queens. Uh, Robert, line two. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Uh, the last time we spoke was on the Intrepid. Uh, I know your father was a. Um, an honorable uh, military man. Uh, I happened to be in uniform at that time. And, uh, well, I don't know if you remember. Uh, you know what? Of- you know what? I do remember, Robert. And and uh, thank you so much, too, obviously. And thank you for your service. And I love the Intrepid in New York. It's one of the most special places in the world. Well, thank you very much. Well, you know, since I'm I'm not quite out, So I have to be uh, somewhat circumspect in what I say. However, uh, this is obviously a raid that was conducted for the purposes of getting information related to January the 6th, related to the investigation that's being conducted by this corrupt uh, attorney general that we have in New York City and related to other investigations. It has nothing really to do with any sort of items in the archives. Uh, They are desperate to get President Trump, and they will do anything to get him. Uh, The FBI is totally corrupt. I believe it's corrupt from bottom to top. And um, it is very sad 
to see this. And the military uh, also, well, let me not comment because I'm going to get big blowback on that. But we have a Marine Corps colonel uh, that was a battalion commander who was uh, basically run out of the Marine Corps because he spoke out against the atrocities in Afghanistan. Um, And uh, this is what's going on. And I believe that uh, President Trump will run again, and I believe that he will prevail. Wow. Robert, you, well, first off, you threw a lot at me. I want to just comment first on the Marine Corps that you talked about, because obviously if somebody was exposing some things that were wrong there, uh, that is terrible about the Marine Corps running him out. And I want to definitely know more details about that, because that is outrageous. Um, two, um, also, as you just talked about with Trump, I agree with you. Um, I think, first off, this is emboldening President Trump. I now actually, though, have something. I think he's going to wait until after the midterms. And I say that because there's some finance uh, issues that you go through. Like right now, he's raising a ton of money because a lot of people feel like you're saying and and I'm seeing so far uh, that he seems to be, you know, maligned and unfairly targeted. And so he's getting a lot of fundraising. He's gaining a lot of steam, more than he's even had before. The polls are showing very favorable to him. And yet the minute you declare you're a candidate, you can't collect certain funds from certain places. There's a lot of different restrictions that happen. I think prior to the raid, I think he would have announced before the midterms because I think he would have just hopped right in and wanted to be the first one in. Now I think he will wait until after the midterms because then he can use different pots of money and different, you know, a point, you know, there's a whole bunch of like legal restrictions on where you can get funds from, where you can recruit from, all that stuff. I think for that reason, he will probably wait till after November. And right now, believe me, he's getting a lot of focus. He doesn't need to necessarily like get out there and do the rallies or whatever, even though I think he will still do some. Uh, but so much attention is on this affidavit and on the rate. Um, so I hear exactly what you're saying, Robert. And we're going to look into the Marine Corps, uh, what you just said. And it's great to reconnect with you. Uh, call us anytime, Robert. And most importantly, thank you so much for your service and for your love of this country. We're going to continue after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show on this fun Friday night. I always love taking your calls on a Friday night here because I love hearing from all of you. And my goodness, there's a lot of opinions about the newly redacted affidavit which led to the Mar-a-Lago raid. If you listen to the Democrats, and in particular House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, fresh back from Taiwan, well, this is, of course, par for the course because she just hates President Trump. Take a listen. I know that there was an attempt to protect sources and methods, which was very important. But the fact that the president would have these documents really needs attention. And, of course, because the last name is Trump, let's throw him under the bus. A good deal of focus has been on obstruction, which is not, shall we say, um, strange in terms of... (laughs) of what we have seen so far. All right. So let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Sal from New Jersey. Sal, your thoughts about all this? 
I I read the affidavit this afternoon, and I come away with the conclusion that they didn't answer a critical question, which is why did they wait from February until uh, now to do something if they had if they believed he had all these critical documents? I mean, there's just no there's no explanation in the affidavit. And, you know, also, also, Sal, too, is in June, we know there was a meeting with, you know, we know there was a meeting with the Trump team. He actually went to the pool with them and had lunch with them, popped in, and they were, there's a letter saying they're cooperating. So let's, what happened from June to August 8th? And what they do, what, what they do is, and it doesn't surprise me because you're not going to find anything complimentary in a search warrant affidavit. They lay the specter of obstruction of justice, but they don't present any facts. They don't say that somebody said he's destroying documents or that he is secreting documents. They just lay it out there. And it just seems to me, and again, we don't have the benefit of the redactions. This reinforces, you know, my opinion that they should have moved to recuse this judge. Oh, thousand percent. And this is the same guy, by the way, who, as we know, did recuse himself, by the way, in a case two months before with Hillary Clinton and Trump. So he recused himself there, but yet he was qualified to do something of this magnitude. Like I I one thousand. I'm glad you brought up the judge thing, because, you know, the judge should have looked at it and said, "Uh, you really want to go into the former president of the United States home over what appears now to be over National Archives documents, which every president has. And they didn't prove, Sal, that what he took was, in fact, classified. By their standard, it was classified, but they don't know that he might have declassified them. For, that's what he says. He says everything was declassified. How do they know it wasn't declassified? Just because they didn't change the stamp on the top. A lot of times that never happens. I mean, to me, they're making assumptions. You don't go into the former president's home and on an assumption, Sal. No, but even if, it, you know, even if there were classified documents, I mean, what made those documents more dangerous in um, August as opposed to when they first learned about this in February? thousand percent. There's nothing in there that says, okay, uh, the next day he's going to meet with Kim Jong-un and hand him over, you know, or, or meeting with Iran or whatever. You're right. There's none of that. And, you know, if there was something like that, they may have suggested it, you know, and, and they're not. There were certainly, you know, from what I heard in the um, media, there were certainly suggestions, you know, they were concerned that he was going to sell this to the Russians, which which, again, just seems to me be, to be more of the Adam Schiff, uh, Nancy Pelosi myths. But the bottom line is we're not going to know anything until you get the full redacted affidavit. Maybe there's something in there that does explain these things. But they really are – they're really revving this up to to make a lot of people a lot of, real angry. And I just think that's a big mistake. Yeah, I agree, too, Sal, very, very much. Uh, great points. Thank you so much. Let's go to Billy in Queens, line six. Bill, your thoughts. Did this guy have top-secret documents in his house that he wasn't supposed to have there, yes or no? We don't know that. 
Oh, you are who you. No, hang on, hang on. No, hang on a second, Billy, because obviously you're trying to get 20 words in in one second here. I'll let you speak. But the reason, did you just hear actually the discussion I had with Sal, which was an interesting point that he made, and I brought up to him that they claim they are classified. They do not know if he had already declassified them because the only person who has the full authority to be able to do that at any time when they're president is the president of the United States. So he may have declassified them and therefore they went in and got something that he declassified that they still think is classified. Do you, do you see where I'm going, Bill? We don't know. And you don't go in on a whim. Go ahead, Bill. I asked you about the raid. I asked you, did you do you think, do you, Rita Cosby, do you think he had top secret documents he should not have had in his house? Yes or no? What do you I don't think? I don't know that. Do you, Bill? Because maybe you've been in Mar-a-Lago and you're well aware of every single document more than the president. I don't know that, and this document doesn't answer it. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a Massachusetts police department is hailing two officers for saving a man's life when he fall, fell off his boat in the fog, driving rain, and rough seas. The Barnstable County Sheriff's Office says that the rescue happened after Lieutenant John Doherty and police officer Ben Tamish were patrolling the waters off Martha's Vineyard near Cape Cod. When the pair received a distress call, they immediately went into search and recovery mode, establishing contact with the Coast Guard and speeding towards the area where the man overboard call originated from. Once they were on the scene, they actually had to calculate the current and plotted the drift to give them a better idea of what approximate location he could be in. And they ultimately found the sailor 1.6 nautical miles from where he fell into the water. Images released show the rescue and show the sailor appearing to be clinging onto a piece of floating debris as the patrol boat approaches him. The individual ultimately was pulled out of the water and saved, and the sheriff's office said these two officers should be commended for their quick thinking and fast actions in their duty to help keep a member of our Cape Cod community safe. And what a beautiful story about how great our men and women in blue are and the type of work that they do every single day. Well, we are talking, of course, about what's been going on with the affidavit. It just got released. There's a lot of black lines with some redactions. But you can also read quite a bit. It's 38 pages. There's a couple pages that are totally blacked out. But then there's a lot of them that I encourage you to read it because it's pretty interesting. And so far, it looks like a spat over documents. But it's interesting because the White House continues to maintain they had nothing to do with the raid on their predecessor's home. It's like, no, 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 Sergeant Schultz, I know nothing. I know nothing. You know, Biden was asked about it by Peter Ducey earlier in the week, and he said, you know, did you know about the raid? And he said, I knew nothing. I knew zero. And then today a reporter asked him, about the Trump declassification process. Does he, how does this work? What does he think? And Biden just thinks it's kind of one big joke. Take a listen. Did he just declassify them all? Well, I just want to know I've declassified everything in the world. I'm president. I can do it all. Come on. 
I'm not going to comment on it because I don't know the detail. I don't even want to know. I'll let the Justice Department take care of All right, two things there. Yes, the president actually technically could declassify almost everything, pretty much, for the record. Uh, and he's like laughing about it like it's something funny that your predecessor has had his home raided for the first time in American history. And second of all, he's like, I don't want to know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. That's a bunch of hogwash because clearly they went to the White House. They had to get them to waive executive privilege. So then the National Archives could pass those documents that they thought were in question earlier and give them to the FBI. And that jump started the investigation. And the only person that can waive the current executive privilege is the sitting president. So. I'll give you a million bucks if you actually think that, the, like, anybody in the White House, some underling in the White House, who wherever it started, and it went all the way up, I'm sure, to the council's office. And then at some point, you know, most assuredly, or assuredly, I'm not even going to say most assuredly, the president had to know. You're not just going to waive executive privilege and not talk to the current president of the United States. You would have to say, Mr. President, we're going to do this. Is that Okay. You know, we're going to do this is our advice. What do you think? Okay, yeah, sure. At that point, you clearly know that they're looking into President Trump and they're referring it to the FBI. I mean, this is insane. And the White House wants us to all think the current White House that we they don't know anything about it. They never heard anything about it, that it's one big laughing matter that the former president of the United States has just had his home raided and a document is now showing it's over National Archives documents. I mean, this went, this is the whole thing. Like, remember Hillary Clinton on the server in her home in Chappaqua? You telling me that that is more secure than President Trump, which had it under lock and key with Secret Service watching? I, I mean, it, this is ridiculous. And yet this president and his White House want us to believe they had no idea and they didn't do anything that tied to this, which is, by the way, an outright lie. It's an outright lie. They absolutely had to waive the executive privilege to open the door for the investigation. And I find it hard to believe when the Department of Justice consistently is talking to the White House. There are people from the White House and DOJ probably talk five, ten times a day. Different people. Somebody didn't mention, by the way, there's an investigation of President Trump, your big nemesis who you talk about every single minute. Uh, there's, uh, somebody didn't say, hey, by the way, there's a raid that's going down. Somebody didn't talk to the, you about the raid even after the fact. They want to act like nothing. No, we have no clue. This totally autonomous department. We have no idea what they're doing. Like they're in like a whole other world. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And here is an exchange with the White House where reporters are talking about the Trump documents. Take a listen. And just to get something on record, does the White House have any response to the release of the search warrant affidavit for uh, Mar-a-Lago? I'm just going to say what I just told this uh, young man a few minutes ago. Uh, We understand, again, we understand the the interest in this. Uh, We are not going to comment on any underlying materials, any content uh, that is related to an ongoing investigation. Uh, This is an independent um, uh, investigation, legal investigation that the Department of Justice uh, has the independence to conduct, and uh, we do not feel it is appropriate uh, for us to comment. In other words, we're not going to say anything. And we're all supposed to believe that the White House had no clue. And we know right now that that is not reality. 
That is not being honest. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Vito on line five. Vito, your thoughts. How are you, ma'am? How's everything? Uh, I'm a retired police officer, and uh, I'm a big Trump supporter. And it's, it's of my opinion and my belief that they want to perp walk him. Uh, basically, they want to put him in handcuffs on television. Uh, they, they fear him. They have to set some kind of an image to get more people to believe that he is the problem and not our government. Our government is completely out of control now. I've told people, I've warned people, bad times are ahead for America, and we're almost there. If they put him in handcuffs, it's good. the genie will be out of the bottle completely. You know, I actually, Vito, agree with you that they are going to try to indict President Trump. I actually agree with you. And I interviewed, by the way. It doesn't, it doesn't take much to indict anybody. You no, indict you're right. Family. Yeah, you can do it. With, and, and also, by the way, you, isn't it interesting? It's based in Washington, D.C., where it's uh, 92 or 93 percent Democrat. And all you do is put it before a grand jury there. It'll take like one second. Oh, Trump? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, it'll be like five of, seconds of the there. Time, of, all, of all the times we heard people say, we got him, we got him, we got him, we got him, they're going to make something up now to say, we got him. Yeah, we and that is a, that's a scary place to be, don't you think? I mean, to me, yeah. how scary is that? Because... Justice is supposed to be fair for everybody, and you know that as a well, retired law enforcement veto. I, I, I know it is a I know it is a retired cop, and I'm going to tell you right now. Since I've been retired, I've seen some crazy things go on that would blow your mind, and and I'm not going to discuss them here publicly, but but you know I, I've lost faith in our government. One, I've completely lost faith in our government. You know, it's interesting, Vito. Um, there are, um, it's about 17, according to different reports, of FBI whistleblowers right now who are coming forward to Congress. They've been mostly talking about the fact that, you know, that there's been sort of this elevation of investigations into Trump, and there's been clearly a suppression of investigations into Hunter Biden. But they've been talking to Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson and a number of other senators. So there are some people who are coming forward. Do you think we're going to hear from more uh, after this affidavit? Because now the FBI is under the spotlight. Law enforcement's on the spotlight. My problem is, my question is this, what are they going to do about it? All right, we, we already had a, a, a FISA warrant that they lied on. The judge said out, they outright lied on a FISA warrant. Was, was anybody indicted? Did anybody get tried? Nothing. And in fact, it's the same group, Vito. It's the same group of agents too. That's the irony. It's the exact same group of agents that were involved in that, getting that FISA warrant that are now in this investigation. I mean, what do you, it to me, you can't make it up, but at some point you need to say, you got to clear the decks. There's still some great people there. You keep the great ones and the ones that are politicized and can't see the forest for the trees or have clearly a political agenda. They need to get out. What do you think, Vito? Well, I I, I think that's, that, as one person said, they need to uh, bulldoze the, the top floor, wherever the executives are in the FBI. That should have been done a long time ago. Um, I think President Trump should have done it when he, when he got into office, um, you know, especially with all this Russian collusion stuff that was going on back then. You know, he should have realized, you know what, I got to get these people out of here. 
Yeah, no, you're right. He should have you know, cleaned maybe deck. He took, maybe, he took, maybe he took advice from some people. You know, you need to keep this one. You need to keep that one. You know, listen, what our country has turned, is turning into, and it's turning into it, is a complete nightmare. All right? We have this Inflation Reduction Act that they just signed. They passed into law that does nothing about inflation, and now we have the Federal Reserve raising interest rates to cut down on, on inflation. So what's going on here? No, you're right. You're right. And, and who knows? I mean, there are people who even say maybe some of this is a distraction from some of the huge problems that our country is facing. Um, and you're right. Attention needs to be put on that and how much it's still costing all of us when we go to the grocery store and to the gas station. There are so many huge. What about the border, too? My goodness. Uh, Vito, thank you. And thank you also for your great work in law enforcement. We really, really appreciate it. Let's go to Dave on line one. Dave, your thoughts about all this. Yes. Good evening. Um, I happen to believe that we are judging this far too early. We don't know what's in the redacted redacted sections of the affidavit. And I suspect from what I've heard so far that they say that there's documents in there that have the names of human intelligence uh, sources overseas. Trump has no business with any of that stuff. They spent months negotiating, trying to get that back. Trump sent boxes of some material but kept others. Why did he do that? You can't explain that, can you? Well, listen, you make a great point with that, but that still doesn't make it a crime if you compare it to everything that Hillary Clinton did. Hillary Clinton, hang on, Dave, hold on, because hang on, because in Hillary Clinton's case, James Comey clearly came out. We all saw it. I mean, he came out and said, you know, yes, she violated. There were these classified documents. There were th- there was information on sources and methods, which is exactly what you're speaking about with human intel, all that stuff. It was in there and they had it on her server, which was her private server, which was in her private home in Chappaqua. And they believed that foreign governments had hacked into it. I mean, that's pretty serious stuff. And after all of that, she then, quote, bleach bit it. That's what they believe. They bleach bit. That's a new verb, right? So they did that and they still let her go. And James Comey, when he came out with his announcement, he's like, here's what she did. He went on this long soliloquy. Go, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. And it was much more horrible than what you just laid out right there. And still he said, but we really can't prosecute. We don't think that anybody any prosecutor would actually go after a crime and actually charge somebody physically with a crime. What she did was not correct. It was not this. It was not that. And at the end of the day, he waived it because he said nobody with, you know, with this standard given who it was and the whole dynamics. So that's where I come from, Dave, that, you know, yeah, maybe you don't want to have those certain documents out there, but they were apparently most of them from what we've heard under lock and key. We know the Secret Service was there. And we don't know if it was just that they were in boxes that Trump happened to take. I mean, what they even say in their own admission is that a lot of these documents were in there with like magazine articles and were in there with photos and were in there with things that had nothing to do with like anything potentially even classified. So it looks like they were like kind of hastily, you know, put in a box. So, you know, I'm just saying it sure sounds like a double standard if you – recite what I just said to you about Hillary Clinton. Go ahead, Dave. 
All right. As far as Hillary Clinton goes, I want to set the record straight. All her missing emails were recovered from Anthony Weiner's laptop, if you remember. Yeah, well, by the way, later, later, and not because she handed them over. You bring up a great point because they just, they found them when they were yes, investigating but, him, remember? Yes, but they contained nothing that was classified when she sent or received it. She cooperated with the FBI. She and, did not. Dave, Dave, her, Dave, her Dave, she did not. She absolutely did not. And I, and I'm just being honest with you. She did not. And so do I think that that's, you know, two wrongs, do they make a right? You know, you can argue that with me, but don't make it sound like she's like, you know, Mary Poppins tipping through the tulips because that ain't the case here. You know, I mean, be honest with yourself. I listen, I am being honest with you. She was interviewed, whether you like the amount of interview that she gave, she was interviewed. They had access to the server. This is different from what Trump was doing. And they found and she I'm was so- not forthcoming, Dave. Even Comey right. said that. Even Comey think- said that. Comey said he did not find what she did. He listed it. I mean, it sure sounded like he was one second away from saying, and we're going to charge her with blank. And then he said, but after all this, after everything that I just recited to you, he said no prosecutor would reasonably charge her. Given because it's documents, she can make the case she didn't know about certain things, but she wasn't handing it over. And then apparently she got rid of the evidence. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just being Dave, you got to look, you know, I mean, you can't, you know, just because the name is Clinton and the name is Trump, you can't have two different standards of justice. We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show and many legal experts, including someone who was with the U.S. Attorney's Office, Andy McCarthy, said there's no way in heck that Biden didn't know about this. And he explains the steps that the White House had to do to clear the way, waiving this executive privilege. So, indeed, the FBI could go in and investigate Trump and ultimately do the raid. He says it's a bunch of hogwash that the White House is trying to say, we don't know anything. President's main job is actually to know this kind of stuff. And I know they're rabid about trying to appear like they never interfere in anything the Justice Department does. But this, the way they've teed it up, is a national security matter. They're supposed to know about that stuff. And we know that because these were presidential records of a former president, under the Presidential Records Act, the FBI couldn't have gotten them unless Biden approved it. And when when Trump asserted executive privilege to try to delay or prevent the FBI from looking at the first 15 boxes until his team could examine them, it was Biden who overruled Trump's assertion of privilege. So the idea that he didn't know anything about this is belied by, you know, not only common sense, but the statute and the information we already know. And Biden today said, I don't know what you're talking about. And Mike Davis, also former law clerk to the Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, also said this. They said that the the attorney general didn't personally authorize this raid. He absolutely did. They also said that the Biden White House was not involved with this raid. They absolutely were because White House Deputy Counsel to the President, Jonathan Sue, had to relay that President Biden waived President Trump's assertion of executive privilege, which paved the way for this raid. And so it... 
It, the president, President Biden, was absolutely involved in this raid, and so so were his his officials in the in the Biden uh, White House Counsel's Office, Jonathan Sue. This is a political hit on a former president. Wow, a political hit on a former president, and the White House wants us all to think they have no clue. They were never asked or never told anything, and that belies the facts. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Anastasia, line four. Anastasia, what do you think about this? Oh my, I am so so sick to my stomach from hearing over and over that he knew nothing about this. How is it possible the president, who holds all in in his power, says he knew nothing? What about the codes? The you, codes. You're talking about the nuclear codes. What are you referring the to? Clinton? Codes that he was. Hold, they say that oh, these papers are so essential. Why did they wait so long to do all this? Only because they fear that Trump would have come out in November. So they are scared, and this is they using this as a tactic to get. Trump away from being on the ballot. Believe me, this is all hypocrisy, and we can, we Americans cannot stand this anymore. We have to fight for America to come back to where it was. He should be impeached. Wow, you're referring to President Biden. You're referring to the the current president. Absolutely, the Mickey Mouse there. That's shame on him for not having the guts to say, I gave the order. If he, told, if he feels Trump did something so wrong, why couldn't he stand up and say, this is, I am the president, I give orders. It should be done right away. They waited all this month, right before elections. Well, and, and Anastasia, right in the window. By the way, you know, it's interesting. You bring up a great point that it's right in the window. It was like the day before the 90-day window they went in. So they knew what they were doing would look politically charged, and so it seems politically charged. And yet Biden wants us all to think that, like, we're a bunch of dumbos and that they had nothing to do with it. It's outrageous. I, I, I agree with you. Anastasia, great call. Um, and let's go to John in New Jersey. John, your thoughts about this. Do you agree with Anastasia? I think we're watching theater. This is absolutely a compromised and corrupt Department of Justice and FBI that has lost all credibility with the three-and-a-half-year collusion investigation is now coming up with something to completely change the narrative away from the worst governing in 50 years. And it's brilliant because, look, all night you're talking about it, all day on ABC and conservative radio. They've completely taken the narrative away from the failures of the Democrats back to Trump. TDS is alive and well. Now, that's an interesting, you know what you just said is a fascinating point because you're right. It's consuming the dialogue. We're, we're still talking about the border and inflation and other issues, but you're right that everybody's talking about the affidavit and all it is is Trump, Trump, Trump. In the next hour, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. And speaking of which, President Biden now calling Trump supporters semi-fascists. Ah. Oh.
listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this great Friday night. And, you know, I thought when President Biden was running, he said, oh, I'm going to be the great unifier. I'm going to be the person who brings everybody together and I'm not going to use these hostile attacks or partisan words or anything like that. He was the guy who was going to make things calm and not nasty in Washington. So he said, but things have changed. He's gotten a little cocky, I think, since this raid on Mar-a-Lago, even though he says he knew nothing about it. But he is now starting his, quote, coast-to-coast tour, and he had more than three people in the crowd. Usually, he basically says, you know, it's before like a small little crowd. There was a decent crowd, and it was in Rockville, Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C. And he had a rally where he started almost immediately bashing basically the 74 million people who voted for President Trump. In 2020, take a listen. We're at a serious moment in our nation's history. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. This is why in this moment, those of you who love this country, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. Wow. What about the summer of love in 2020 when there were protests all over the country? And not even protests, there were riots. There were police officers who were getting their heads beat in. We had last night on the show Ann Dorn. Uh, whose husband, David Dorn, was, remember, the off-duty retired captain there in St. Louis who was at a pawn shop, and he got killed. His life was taken from him by one of the so-called summer of love rioters, you know? I mean, it was a horrible, violent time. And this White House and the Democratic Party is never condemning those riots. Over 500 of them, billions of dollars worth of damage. And people who lost their lives, seriously injured businesses that have never come back because they were burned to the ground, like police stations across the country, too. And he's sitting there saying the MAGA crowd are the ones who are inciting political violence, and he's the peaceful guy. I mean, this is crazy. And here is a little bit more of this rally with, it sounds like, a very kind of nasty Joe Biden. There There are not many real Republicans anymore. By the way, your sitting governor, he's a Republican you can deal with. We disagree. No, no, I'm serious. But at least he's within the mainstream of the Republican Party. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. And you know why he's referring to? He's referring to Larry Hogan, who is the Maryland governor, who basically always bashes Trump for the most part, even though he recently said that the raid he felt was over the top of Mar-a-Lago. But he has constantly criticized President Trump. That's why he's okay in Joe Biden's book. Uh, But anybody who doesn't, you know, who doesn't vote the same way as Joe Biden or doesn't think the same way of Joe Biden, well, they're basically terrorists. And then he went one step. This is really amazing. He had this private meeting with a whole bunch of fundraisers. And during that, during that fundraising stop with a whole bunch of Democratic donors, he then said that the MAGA crowd edged toward semi-fascism. 
I mean, this guy, what planet is he on? So take a listen. He has asked about that today, and he kind of gives a little smirk and a wink and a nod. Take a listen. What do you mean by semi-fascism, You know what I mean. You know what I mean. He's not denying it. You know what I mean. They're a bunch of terrorists, semi-fascists. Anything else you want to call them? Great unifier? I mean, that's amazing to me. And here is Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton, who just said, this is appalling. Well, it's rich for Joe Biden to be talking about threats to our democracy. It's Joe Biden and the Democratic Party who, for instance, refused to accept that Hillary Clinton lost the election in 2016. They used friends and corrupt FBI officials like Jim Comey and Andy McCabe and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page to try to delegitimize President Trump. Just in the last few months, they've turned a blind eye as left-wing agitators were protesting outside the homes of conservative Supreme Court justices in direct violation of federal law. Yeah, the double standards are pretty apparent. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tommy on line seven. Tommy, your thoughts about this and the fact that Biden is now uh, like full bashing anybody who has anything to do with Trump. And then yet he's pretending like he doesn't know anything about the raid, too. It's like he's getting, I think I use the word cocky because he seems a little emboldened out there. Go ahead. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Um, I spent 16 years in the Army, and I've never seen any administration go after another president or former president like this administration. Mr. Biden said he would unite this country, and all he does, all he's done so far is divide us. Um, we are a constitutional federal republic. And we're supposed to follow the Constitution, and Biden's administration is changing the definition of common words. Marx talked about this. Call Marx. We are heading down a road that um, it's marked with uh, socialism, and it's you know I believe in the rule of law, and I just don't think local government and even the federal government wants to follow what is America, you know, and the rule of law and the Constitution. And the government is weaponizing its agencies, you know. I think we should pray for America and get out there and vote. I really feel that if we don't get out there and vote, we're gonna we're gonna somehow lose. I mean we have to make sure that this election is I'm going to join the um what do they call that thing when you uh, go to the um the polls and you work for the polls? Oh yeah, you wanna be you're gonna be a poll worker. Yes, I wanna go there and watch. Wow. Yeah, an observer, an observer, a poll observer. Yep. Good for you. Good for you. By the way, you know, and you know what? You hit it on the head, Tommy, because that is the solution is you get out and vote. You got to get out there and you've got to say, uh, this is where the direction I want the country in or this is the direction I definitely don't want the country in. And, you know, boy, are we seeing a very different uh, standard and different language from Joe Biden. I mean, it was interesting today because there was so much out there of like, Oh, I will unite and I want this is terrible. And now what I've just heard out of him is like almost worse than anything I've heard out of Trump. You know, I'll take a mean tweet over this any day of the week. Wouldn't you, Tommy? Go ahead. Absolutely. You know, I I, sometimes I I laugh when they said, I don't know nothing about this going on. And in some ways I'm like, well, maybe he doesn't because he's not all there. You know, he's. You know, maybe he doesn't know. Wait, <laughs> but you, but you know him. what? You know, it's funny, but, Tommy. Sometimes I think that, too. But then this answer, like when they asked him today, hey, what did you think of the semi-fascism? He's like, uh, you know, like, oh, you know, like he's like kind of cunning like a fox. Like when he wants to be on it, he's on it. But when he doesn't want to be on it, he's in, you know, it's like plausible deniability. Because listen to this again. I want to play this again. You know, this is a... 
cut 35, where he's just kind of making the comment. Take a listen, Tommy. What do you mean by semi-fascism, sir? In December, you will... You know what I mean. Oh, you know what I mean. Like, I'm on it on there, but it's like, you're right. It's like he's hot and cold. Like, some moments he's like a, you know, a walking corpse. And then other times he's like, ah, yeah, it's like you hear the old Joe Biden coming back. Yep, yep. I'm just wondering if they're going to keep him in the basement any longer. You know, maybe they need to keep him in the basement. Well, he claims he's doing a coast-to-coast tour. That's how they're billing this. And and I brought up the fact he had more than three people show up, so at least that's a start. That's a bigger crowd than he normally has, Tommy. But boy, uh, it's going to be it, to me. It's getting. I mean, we're you know less than three months now. It's going to get so ugly prior to the midterms, and then right after the midterms, as soon as whoever starts announcing it, if Trump announces right after the midterms, uh, it's going to be a battle royale. Uh, Tommy, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Ralph, line three. Ralph, your thoughts about all this? Yes, uh, thank you, Rita, for taking my call. And I'm of the opinion that at this point in time, Joseph Biden is beyond despicable, deplorable, disdainful, and um, the other word to describe him is, uh, you know, uh, Ludicrous, yeah, ludicrous, because the sign of fascism is what he's doing to this country right now, especially the situation with President Trump. Okay, he's very much complicit in what's going on there. Okay, you can describe the man as you know the uh, uh, the low hanging fruit from a poisonous tree. The, this definitely this whole scenario is tainted with politics. Okay. No question. Now, why do, why do you believe that, Ralph? Because I, I agree with you because – and the fact that he's saying we have nothing to do with it, to me, is, is first of all, it's incorrect. Um, but, but it makes me think politics really had a lot to do with it because why else are you denying it? You know, why else are you pretending like you didn't approve? He poisoned the whip. Well, he poisoned the whip. And about double standard, forget the double standard. Yeah. We do not abide by any standard. Clinton – Biden and the Democrats, they do not abide by any standard. The scenario unfolding right now in the country is more like the animal farm of George Orwell. Do you want me to recite the whole phrase? All animals are created equal. Some are more equal than others. Wow. You You know what, Ralph? I remember. You're right. And how sad. It's like we're almost living in that kind of uh, feeling, sadly, based on what we're hearing with the IRS agents and everything else that's happening of late. My goodness. Ralph, thank you. Great, great points. Uh, let's go to Norm, line seven. Go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts about all this. Yeah, Rita, uh, listening to Biden's speech. Now, I have a friend named Armin White, and he's a movie critic for the National Review. He's a conservative writer. And uh, he always said to me that if you compare a politician, American politician, or what they say or anything, to Adolf Hitler, you lose the argument because it's it's such a it's such a stretch. However, listening to Joe Biden's speech, the scapegoating, um, extreme divisiveness. I've never heard politicians going after voters before. I have heard them going after other politicians, other celebrities. I mean, you know, Trump. Trump did some things as the way he way he would speak sometimes. I remember Rosie O'Donnell, and uh, I mean there, there are some things that uh, you know I would say, oh, that's that's kind of ugh, I don't know about that. But 
he never went after he never went after the voters. And hearing uh, Joe Biden going after me uh, offends me, and it fills me with fear. Because what what are you know what are the libs going to do with that? And um, anyway. My thoughts on that. You, you know, it's interesting, Norma, and I just I want to read the comment, too, because he said uh, of MAGA Republicans, and he specifically says that they don't just threaten our personal rights and our economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will. They embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. And then um, to use the phrase semi-fascism, I mean, that's outrageous. And and. I I agree with you. It is stunning. I don't I don't like comparing anybody to Hitler because Hitler is, you know, the worst of the worst. Um, so I'm not comfortable with that. But what I will say is that I am so uncomfortable with President uh, Biden, just like you said, like blanketing like tens of millions of people and saying that they basically support violence and they're semi fascist. I mean, this is an American president. And this is the guy who said he would be the president of everybody. I mean, this is not a uniter, and this is an outrageous comment. And it harkened back to me, Norm, too, of the whole basket of deplorables. Remember that whole thing that, like, Hillary Clinton was like, oh, you know, mocking them? This was worse um, when she called, you know, the, the MAGA supporters the basket of deplorables. And remember when um, Obama said, oh, they cling to their guns or whatever, and they both got really lambasted for that. This, to me, is is even like nastier and meaner and more divisive. And it comes again from a president who has yet to condemn those riots that took lives and caused so much destruction. So, there, you know, it's like it's a ripe of hypocrisy and it's outrageous. Uh, Norm, real quick, your thoughts. To me, I'm so uncomfortable when I hear a president say that. And I would say it, it no matter who it was, Republican, Democrat, it's outrageous. What's really uncomfortable to me is that he didn't come up with that by himself. He had a team of people who came up with that, wrote it for him, and thought and thought that was cool. And that's frightening. Yeah, that's a great point, Norm, because you're right. It doesn't look like he has a, a creative idea. Um, and you're right. Somebody clearly saw that because he looks like he needs to look at everything on a cue card or a teleprompter. So somebody probably saw that, said, hey, this is a great one. Keep going. Um, and they have continued to basically support it. I mean, I hope every single Democrat this weekend, like on the Sunday shows or wherever else, that they get asked, uh, what do you think? Do you think all Trump supporters, all 74 million of them who came out to vote and, and maybe the people who didn't, let's, let's throw in a couple more million who didn't come out and vote of Americans, of your fellow citizens, uh, support violence and are semi-fascist. And let's see what answer they give. Or are they told by the White House, oh, you have to support this? You know, I mean, I hope that this comment is asked over and over again of them and also of the president every time he goes to the podium. It is so over the top and so unseemly and so outrageous. Norm, thank you and have a great weekend, my friend. We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. MAGA supporters called semi-fascists by this president, the current president. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
and a little man-eater, a little semi-fascist man-eater by Hall and Oates tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about Joe Biden making these outrageous claims that he is standing by today. He did in a private meeting with Democratic donors say that MAGA supporters are leaning toward semi-fascism. And listen to this exchange with CNN's anchor Don Lemon and Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, when she was asked about it. Take a listen. What he called extreme MAGA philosophy to semi-fascism. What exactly is semi-fascism, Corinne? So let me just first say this uh, tonight, uh, what you heard from this president, uh, Don. And again, thank you for having me, because this is really important. The American people have a choice in front of them. And the president laid that out very clearly, very powerfully tonight. When you look at what Democrats are doing and what they are delivering and what they have done, Don, in less than in less than two years, which is lowering costs on prescription drugs, lowering the energy uh, uh, costs, making sure that we have this historic uh, 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 legislation for to really deal with climate crisis. All of these things are important. Standing up for women. And they are. Green. I want to get to all of those things. With, with all due respect, no, but but I, we no, have a short no. time. I'm going to get to all those things, but I just, if you'll answer my question, we can get to those I things. I am. What exactly I am. is semi-fascism? Don, I was just about to get to your question. Okay. I really was. But right. I want to, you brought me on the show for a reason, and I have to talk about I what understand the that. I just have tonight. limited Wait. time with you. I just want to make well, sure we well, get all the by, by having this back and forth, we're actually taking away from the time. So here we go. Um, so what we are seeing from Republicans and what we have seen uh, from, from Republicans <clears throat> these past several years is that they are attacking our democracy. Uh, they are taking away our freedom. Uh, and they are trying to uh, put on the chopping blocks Medicare and Social Security. That's what we are seeing. And it's being done. If you look at the Republican Party, it's being done by this element, this MAGA element of the Republican Party. And that's what we are trying to prevent. That's what you heard from the president t- uh, today, that choice, what we're doing uh, for Democrats. Because that's why I said that to you. I started off because I wanted to show what we're doing and what we have done and also make Make that contrast because that's what we're seeing from from again from Republicans. It's MAGA element, and we're going to continue to make that choice. We're going to make sure that we're making it very clear uh, for the American people, and that's what uh, the, the president did tonight okay. in Maryland, and he's going to continue to do that across the country. You know what? I actually feel sorry for her because that's a really hard thing to answer, and she was like, uh, she was like circling more than circle back sake used to do. It was like uh 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 uh. But to call a group of Americans semi-fascist, basically saying they support violence, if you believe anything tied to Donald Trump, to me, it just shows how worried they are about Donald Trump going for the White House again. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike. Uh, Line two, your thoughts about it all, Mike. Uh, While you're reading, yeah. Uh, You know, uh, President Donald Trump uh, was willing to give them any, any documents they wanted. But they wanted the raid because they were hoping for some kind of a conflict between the FBI and his security. They want something to reinforce January 6th where they have nothing on on the president. And this is what I think this is another thing they were fishing for. You know, they were netting for a lot of things, but they were also hoping for some kind of a conflict. They knew there was armed security there, you know. 
Also, oh, wait, so hang on, Mike. I just because we have a few seconds. You think there might have been some like maybe some altercation to say that Trump people are going up against authority or something like that. Is that where you think? Exactly, exactly. That, that, and they would have held uh, the president uh, uh, responsible for it. You know? Oh, that's an interesting point. See, I think they were fishing for documents. I'm not sure about that, but I think they were fishing for anything they could find to January 6th. And whatever else, we've got our support our heroes coming up next. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military and also their families. I love doing this segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Greenville, Ohio, where the great Dark County Fair this week honored those that are much greater than the fair itself, those who have served or are still serving. Not only were the veterans and active duty military admitted to the fair at no cost, there was also a special ceremony which was held in front of the grandstand to pay homage to their selfless service. The audience listened also intently to Marine Corps reservist and guest speaker Jason Rue, who served tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. Rue said, we are here today to honor our fallen brethren. Let us remember what they died for. Let us remember that tyrannical regimes have been toppled and genocide stopped because of Americans who sacrifice life and limb. What a powerful statement. And how beautiful. Uh, many, by the way, Vietnam veterans were in attendance, also members of the daughter of the American daughters of the American Revolution and many other great organizations. And how beautiful that they were honoring our great military and their families who were also present as well. And speaking of those who have sacrificed so much, I want to tell you that I am proudly supporting the Tunnels to Towers. 5K Walk Run New York City again this year, which is on Sunday, September 25th. And everybody, I need your help. Help us to remember those who lost their lives on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps, and we're going to do it together. It's simple to support my team this year in the Tunnels to Towers 5K run. All the proceeds go to Tunnels to Towers, which is such an incredible organization that does so much for our first responders, our military, uh, and has helped them tremendously. And these guys are just superb. Here is what you do. You go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate to my team. I am trying to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network because, again, it all goes to the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. Thank you, everybody, also for your support because, as together, we can support America's heroes with one of the largest 5K walk runs in the country. So, again, check it all out. You can go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate today to Tunnels to Towers, a great organization that does so much for our heroes. Well, everybody is talking about the affidavit that just came out, uh, the redacted version that the judge put out. He agreed to the redactions that the Department of Justice submitted in the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid. And a lot of people have looked at it, have said, you know what, it shows that there really was not a justification 
for the raid. Some people say, oh, no, it was clear as day. But a lot of people say, no, it looks like they were on a fishing expedition. And it looks like it was this broad, wide sweeping all about National Archives documents. That's why you go and raid a president's home and act like there's a fire in the building and go in all guns blazing. You know, I mean, come on, this is crazy. And this is what Pete Hegseth of Fox News had to say on the five on Fox News of how he sees what was in the affidavit that came out publicly just a few hours ago. These two stories next to each other tell a damning story of the FBI. So you have FBI agents, whistleblowers came to Senator Johnson and said, we were told not to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. We were told not to do that. Yet they were willing to go to Facebook and say, there's this information that's about to come out and you should classify it as Russian disinformation. And then Mm -hmm. Facebook does it. And then on the other side, are we really having a fight about documents here? Is this is this what we're we're, we're shaking up these documents? We're going to get we're going to get President Trump because he had a love letter from Kim Jong Un. Everybody watching this feels like all those redactions are more evidence that this was a fishing expedition from the beginning, an opportunity to get into his home as an opportunity to find other crimes if they could, out of sheer desperation, to crush a political opponent who, if he runs in 2024, now knows how Washington works, which is why the establishment is even more scared of him. And that's why this affidavit being exposed doesn't solve anything. And Kat Timp, also one of the hosts there on The Five, echoed that, and she said that the FBI has been politicized. Uh, Even if you're somebody who you're the biggest Biden supporter in the whole world, you should still care because the FBI is not supposed to be using its power for political purposes. The same with Republicans. You shouldn't only care because you support Trump or you don't support Biden. There is, Pete, as you brought up, there are a lot of reasons to suggest that Take Trump out of it. Take the whole right out of it for a a second that the FBI has a level of power that it's using in a political for political purposes. And that should bother everybody as Americans, because we are supposed to have Fourth Amendment protection. And case in point, as you heard from Pete Hegseth, Mark Zuckerberg, this is a stunning admission. Uh, Here he is, you know, the head of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg in an exchange with Joe Rogan. Just kind of it slips out in this podcast where he basically says, uh, yeah, the FBI did come to us um, and said that there's a whole bunch of Russian disinformation right before the election. And that's why we suppressed the Hunter Biden story. They admitted that they actually suppressed it. Remember, Twitter basically blocked it totally. They wouldn't even show anything on it. Remember the whole they cut off New York Post, that whole deal? Well, this was a stunning bombshell admission by Mark Zuckerberg when he was talking to Joe Rogan. And listen to what this is basically, to me, showing that clearly the FBI was playing politics, or at least some agents. Take a listen. What we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation. We, we also have this third party fact checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when you um, say the distribution has decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less because I mean it turned out after the fact. I mean the fact checkers looked into it. No one was able to say it was false. 
right? So so basically, it had this period where, where it was getting list distribution. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I but I think like I, I think it probably it sucks though. I think in the same way that probably having to go through like a criminal trial but being proven innocent in the end sucks. Wow, think about that. And now it turns out the Hunter Biden stuff, which now Facebook admits that it's suppressed in the days before the election. Obviously, we know that laptop is correct, that it is true. And Twitter erased it. So how is that not impacting how people vote? We know that people came out, even Democrats said, after the election, had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop and some of these questions surrounding the president that remain unanswered even to this day, they might not have voted for President Biden. I mean, that has a direct correlation to how people feel. They had, they thought, you know, they didn't know anything about it. They had not even heard about it. And that's why this is so damning. And Judge Jeanine Pirro says it's time to put Mark Zuckerberg uh, right before Congress to get more answers. This guy needs to be placed under oath. I want to know who he talked to, what exactly they told him, whether or not they mentioned 51 of these intelligence officers, which I seem to recall reading somewhere, which tells me they knew it was coming. They had it for a long time, and they wanted to suppress this information with these so-called 51 intel officers, none of whom have said, oh, gee, we were wrong, and it wasn't Russian disinformation. That is a suppression of free speech. And by the way, he said you could you could exchange this information below. You couldn't find it to exchange it. If you looked under a rock, you might find Hunter Biden. And the the difference between their treating this president, an ex-president of the United States, and a drug addict who's sucking money all over the world is shocking. It is disgusting. And now we know that Facebook intentionally suppressed it because certain FBI agents, at least, notified them that there was Russian disinformation coming. So who were these agents? Were they acting on their own or did somebody at the head of the FBI tell them to notify them? And also Twitter, we still don't know. Twitter took it off. We know they blocked it. I give at least Mark Zuckerberg credit that at least he's admitting it. Let's give him credit for that. But the damage is done. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Christopher in beautiful Vermont. Go ahead, Christopher. Yes, uh, yes. Hi, Rita. Um, yeah, you, you were discussing something earlier uh, with uh, somebody uh, talking about the um, the Comey uh, investigation of Hillary. Yes. And when he read, I, I remember watching it on television, he read that list of in, in charges against her. And then he said at the end of it, my gosh, no, self, no self-respecting prosecutor would ever charge her with anything. And yet, remember what happened earlier that week in Phoenix, Arizona. Bill Clinton's plane landed in Phoenix, and Loretta Lynch happened to be there at the same time. That's and they right. Had a meeting, and they talked about their children. Uh, whatever. I think that's what Loretta said. Except she didn't have any, I don't think, or grandchildren. But uh, but it's just. I mean, come on. The one thing didn't have to do with something. You know what, Christopher, you brought up, um, boy, that moment. I'm so glad you brought that up because that moment to me defies logic, just like you said. Um, they stop the two planes. They just happened to be in the same airport. Oh, and, it's just and, serendipitous. And remember, they didn't 
tell anybody that they even had a meeting or even spoke. And first of all, they shouldn't have because she was investigating his wife. So clearly he there shouldn't have been any contact. It's a violation. It's right. a violation. There shouldn't have been any contact. And you're right. When they were asked, they said, oh, we just happened to be meeting covertly on the planes to talk about family or, you know, somebody's grandmother Tilly or something. Right. Remember that whole thing? Yeah. But oh, and yeah. they didn't want yeah, it to I come out. It was a Saturday. I think yes. it was the following Saturday. Yes. When Comey read this list of in- indictments against Hillary. And then he said, no self-respecting prosecutor would prosecute any of these. Yeah, I remember. And that, to me, was so fishy. And remember when it came out, there was the local reporter there in Arizona who broke yes. the story. And at first they were denying it. And then I think Is he got like, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, I know. Isn't that sad? You're absolutely right. It's like he went out and, you know, uh, I give him a he lot of credit. Neck out. Yeah, yeah he, he really stuck his neck out because they were calling him a liar and a this. And then it turned out that he was absolutely correct. And then they had to say it was about, you know, something totally coincidental. Right. But and but you're right. After, and, dogs. And, and, you know, Christopher, when you bring up that connection and you think about all of that and yet and and the and the, let's go back to the recitation that we heard from Comey, because remember, he recited, OK, she did this. She did this. She did this. And it sounded like, oh, my gosh, oh, no, she's going to be in San Quentin, you know, the way he was talking. Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I sorry. I lost you there. I thought for a second no, it there. Like no, he but was charge yes, her. yes, it and, did. And then he said, "No, no self-respecting prosecutor would pursue this." Thousand percent. So now, fast forward. How do you connect that with Trump? Because boy, what a different standard. Oh God, it's it's it, yeah, you, if you can't connect the dots, Rita, I'm sorry. Um, you you need some uh, some some of those special glasses or something. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just breathtaking. And it by is. By the way, my mother's mother. I, uh, Anna Irene Moran was a member of the DAR. Ah, how beautiful. By the way, they do such great work. And my father was actually honored by the DAR, uh, which to me was one of the greatest honors to see my dad recognized uh, by them um, in Constitution Hall, by the way, in Washington, D.C. Uh, they do beautiful work. Uh, Christopher, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's go to Bernie in Staten Island. Go ahead, Bernie. Uh, Rita, uh, about two weeks ago, some two weeks ago, the Democrats invading the home of President Trump wouldn't have occurred to any of us. It's a trick the Democrats had up their sleeve. When the election takes place, the midterm election, in two months or so, the Democrats will have some 10 tricks up their sleeve that we haven't thought of. They'll take the midterm elections away from us Republicans anytime they want to with the tricks that the Democrats will have, and we'll lose that election also, no matter how much we vote. Uh, the thing that to remember is that some 200 years ago, the Americans, colonials under General Washington, fought the British. Uh, who are the biggest empire in the world, and they won. The Americans of today have the same name as Americans, but they're not the same Americans. They're people who are worried about being obese, obeying, about losing their mortgage, about losing their jobs, etc., etc. They haven't got the guts to, to stop talking, stop talking, and do what's necessary 
for patriotic Americans to do. Take action. Well, Thank you. And by the way, Bernie, you got to get out and vote. I mean, that is the most important thing. Um, and uh, whatever funny business or whatever, you still have to believe in the system. It's a great system. It's still better than any of anyone else out there. Um, and you got to get out there and get people, people who complain afterwards, but then they never voted. Um, you know, I think that that's not the way to go. You got to get out there and you got to support the candidates who have your values and care about this country and want to keep protecting this country too. Uh, let's go to Stan, line one. Stan, your thoughts. Uh, I'll be the one to say it since you're waiting for the newspaper or the uh, uh, politicians, the Democrats, to say it. The Republican Party, Donald Trump, are studying fascism, are semi-fascists. I'll say it, and I'll say it loud and clear. Okay? Let's say it for what it is. They've showed that to some extent. Donald Trump wanted to overthrow the election. Okay? And uh, the Republican and many people who are uh, Republicans have fascist attitudes. That's a, that's that's that a horrible stand. That's it a horrible, horrible thing. But face up to it. Stan, okay? Stan, uh, Stan, I'm not going to face up to it because that's a very despicable thing to say. And this president, your president, clearly President Biden, um, he claimed that he was going to be the uniter in chief, that he remember his whole campaign was slamming President Trump, saying how horrible and he's not going to throw any nasty barbs. Uh, you know, you sure seem to like bought into that real quick, Stan. Uh, facts is facts. OK, don't tell me that. Oh, possibly overthrowing this country's elections for your own benefit ain't a fascist. It is. What? Okay, well, then, Stan, 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 then you are calling Hillary Clinton a fascist because she still claims like the election was stolen from her. Then you are calling Stacey Abrams, who still claims like she's the governor of Georgia because she says that she won that one. So, so, we, so you're calling them fascists too, you know? I mean, we let's, heard Donald Trump in his own mouth. So I heard Stacey Abrams too, and I heard Hillary Clinton too say the same people thing. To find me votes, not people. Find me votes. Put in phony electors. Don't talk to stand, me. Stand, about stand, that, you stand, stand. You know, stand, reality. stand, stand. You know the facts. They have not even conceded the election. They think it was phony and stolen from them. So I guess they're semi-fascist, too. And that's a pretty, like, rough word to just throw out there, my friend. Uh, but go ahead, Stan, since you're such a joy on a Friday night. Go ahead. Well, sweet, you know, let's get, you know, you can make them up as you go along. That's fine. That's your business. But the fact is, altogether, there was 184 documents, 67 confidential, 92 very secret, and 25 top secret. Okay, what the hell was he doing with these documents when the election was over? He stalled. He didn't want to deal with the Biden uh, transfer team. And he stalled and he stalled and he stalled to such an extent that he was getting documents put together. And by the way, maybe he just didn't know what the hell he had. My suggestion to him is go on TV, do a mea culpa and say, hey, you know, I didn't know what the hell I had. I'm sorry. And you know what? The country would go for it. Well, why doesn't he do that? If he did it, no. And, and by the way, he, you know what, Stan? I do agree with you on what you just said. Not he won't. He no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm not necessarily saying the mea culpa, but oh, I, hang culpa. on, hang on, hang on, right, hang okay, on, okay. hang on. What I'm saying to you 
is that I do agree he may not know what was in there because they claim that stuff was like thrown in together like some magazine story and a photo was here and that it sounds like it was like just one big old bunch of papers. So he very well may not have known. But he also has said that what he took out was covered by executive privilege. They don't know that. That's why there's still so many unanswered questions, Stan, and the name calling uh, is not a good thing, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, anybody. But, Stan, I love you, and I know you're still buying me dinner, and I appreciate that. Have a great weekend, my friend. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Everybody, you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. You just heard Stan, who thinks that uh, Trump is, you know, basically the devil incarnate and Biden is the most brilliant guy he knows. Sounds like the way Biden described Hunter Biden, but that's a whole other story. Uh, let's go to Phil in the Bronx on line four. Phil, your thoughts about this? I'm trying to recuperate after Stan, but go ahead. Yeah, you need you need major therapy after him. The guy he, he loves he loves socialism so much. Why doesn't he go to Russia and live? Anyway, the point is, look, I, I've done some research on my own. I've, I've been banging away at internet sites and various people I know in the media, and I come to a conclusion. They seize these documents for two reasons. The first reason they seize Trump's stuff is that because number one. You know as well as I do that Trump has been haunted by the Democrats even before he won the 2016 election, okay? The point is that I have a theory that they pre-planted stuff with his papers, and they waited and waited until the right time, which is the midterms, where they can throw this out to the public and show that, oh, he had nuclear secrets. Oh, he's not supposed to have it. Oh, we're going to prosecute him. This basically turns voters away. The second thing is that the inclusion of that stuff is one thing, but what's worse is that the warrant did not specify exactly what they were looking for because if they did, there would be a tracer going back to the files on these documents that they were missing in fact. They cannot tell you which document, document 52486G. Because if they did, there are tracers. All these documents have location tracers, file tracers, who looked at it last tracers. This is the problem. That's an interesting, you know, Phil, that's an interesting point, that there would have been a paper trail of, like, which document. Um, I mean, I would hope they wouldn't plant something, uh, because that's a really scary place to be. I also think, by the way, that a lot of it was a fishing expedition. They kept it general. So they could kind of, whatever they get, they can take. By the way, they took passports, and we heard today they took the presidential raincoat. That sounds top secret. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.